Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm the attorney, Brooke Brigham. So today we are talking about Christine Brown's interview with Heather McDonald on her podcast, Juicy Scoop. Um, So now that the season has wrapped up, um, there are, as if you're a fan of Sister Wives, you probably know this, that they are releasing lots of different episodes between now and Christine's um, uh, wedding special. So we are going to be checking those out, seeing if they're worthwhile covering, and we will cover those. But we just thought that this might be, it was a really good interview and it was very, it was juicy. Um, so we thought that maybe mm-hmm. this would be a great topic to talk about. So um, if you haven't already, yes. you know, if you're not a fan of Juicy Scoop, <laughs> you might want to go listen to the you might want to go listen to the episode. Yeah. I don't know what, first. First of all, I don't know why you wouldn't be a fan of Juicy Scoop. We are big fans of Juicy yes. Scoop. We've seen I love Heather Juicy McDonald Scoop live. And yes, and so I it, it was kind of a surprise, you know, it it popped up I think the night before I saw, you know, she put on Instagram or something that she was going to be interviewing Christine the next day. And I was like, what? You know, and so I was so excited. <laughs> I got up the next morning and I was like this, you know, 7am I'm listening to this interview and it was really good. Although I have to say that one of the first questions, I was a little bit worried because one of the first questions that Heather asked her was, did you come from polygamy? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no (laughs) but that was the only i don't know why she didn't know that uh and christine says oh Mm -hmm. yes you know and she starts talking about her um you know her upbringing uh but but yeah but it was fine but that really worried me when she said that (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I was know. a little nervous, too, because she was talking about. Yeah, because she was talking about how she's like, oh, I didn't really ever. I didn't watch the show until you were in Vegas. And and so and it's like, well, they're in Vegas pretty quickly. Like that's season. Yeah. It's essentially season three. Season two. You know, um, I, oh. season two is what they leave during season two. Wasn't it? Yeah. Or Don't they leave in, in season two? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was season. Yeah, they leave in season two. But yeah, when they're in Vegas. Yeah. um, But so Heather's not um, the biggest sister wife fan, but you don't need to be. And listen, there's lots of things that I don't know. So Um, but yeah, I I remember I I was a little nervous, too, because I was like, oh, my God, is she going to ask her all the same questions that everybody already knows? But Mm -hmm. she answered a question about sex. And that is the only time we can get there. But like they've no one has ever, ever talked about their intimate life ever. Oh, yeah. She was very forthcoming. That was was very forthcoming. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think that because at this point, Christine and the other wives have all seen season 18 and uh, these specials that are coming out in the next um, couple days from TLC, where it's sort of like that all of them commenting on season 18. It's v- the, from the clips I've seen. It's very raw, like it, like gloves are off because, you know, these women mm-hmm. have watched Cody talk all this shit about them. And now they're just like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I'm going to say what I want to say. You know, it's all coming out. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's all being revealed. Yay. (laughs) This is going to make for a really good season 19 and 20. (laughs) So, well, Well, you you lead us because you're, you, yeah. Well, no, what Cody doesn't have a choice because what Cody's going to go back to work. Cody does not want to work, which she also, she addressed that too. This man does not want to have to like, put on clothes and go to a job anymore. So trust me, he's going to do this for as long as he can. Um, so yeah. So, um, okay. Well, you, you lead us cause you took, you took tons of notes and all that good stuff. Okay. So basically, you know, Christine talks about how her mom was a first wife and she said, yes, I grew up in polygamy. She didn't, you know, tell her that, Oh yeah, my grandfather started this, um, the sect of this AUB or whatever. But she said her mom was the first wife and that when she was five, her father took a second wife and she, you know, loved that woman, considered her her mother. But when she was, when Christine was 19, her mother, Annie, um, she left the church and left her family. Mm -hmm. And it was really a big shock and her mom was not close to the second wife and i think was pretty miserable in the whole um experience because i remember her mom i remember seeing a clip about this on youtube or something her mom was part of a documentary that somebody made not a big documentary but a small one about you know polygamy and you know people who've left polygamy and the way that christine's mom talked about it was she was just very miserable. She, she felt, I kind of mm. feel like she was a, a feminist, you know, tr- who somehow got caught up in this lifestyle and knew that it wasn't yeah. right. And, 
you know, eventually just couldn't take it anymore. And she left. Um, so then she, and she talks about how she wanted to be a third wife because she thought, you mm-hmm. know, thir- a first wife is too much work and the second wife is a wedge. But this is, this is contradictory. Well, this will come later in the interview. Contradictory to what she says when she starts talking about how um, even before Robin came along, they were pursuing a few women to be a fourth wife. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to bother her yes. then. But then when Robin came along, it seemed to really bother her. So I thought that was interesting because she'd well, been talking I, through the whole yeah. television show about how she wanted to be the third wife and the last wife. Yes. Well, and but I don't think I think that's what she wanted, but I don't think she had much of a choice. I mean, I think Cody decides things and then, you know, she has to kind of just do them. Right. One of the things that she mentioned was that Cody was courting another woman. But this was during the time where he had just he had he and Mary were together. But this was before Mm -hmm. Janelle. She did mention that, that there was someone else that he got very close to, engaged to. She mentioned that one. But did she, I, I guess I missed that, that she had mentioned that there were some other people, but they, they talk about that in the book. They do, that they, they were sort yeah, of in scouting the book, around, talk, looking around. Yeah, but it was never this specific yet. In the book, they talked about a woman who I don't think was 18 yet, and that's what they were waiting for her to turn 18. Mm. He was only married to Ugh. Mary at the time. Now, the thing is, Christine knew Cody for about, three or three and a half years before she married him and so she was just kind of hanging out um she was right out of high school he was only married to mary and um that's when and she i'm sure she is sounds to me like she really had a crush on him she thought he was just the greatest guy ever Mm -hmm. um but i don't think he was interested in her and that's when that you know the whole nacho thing and all that that was in that time period and in the book, they talked about how in that time period, uh, Cody and Mary were supposed to marry this other woman. They said they were waiting for her to turn 18. And then at the last minute, it was called off. And Christine said that she was glad because she didn't like that woman and that mm-hmm. she wouldn't have wanted to be part of Cody's family if he had married her. So Christine was already having uh, fantasies about being part of Cody's mm-hmm. family. But Cody wasn't yes. having the same fantasies about her. Yeah. So, well, that, and she, she broke, mentions, she, go ahead. Oh, sorry. When she, but she mentions, sorry, she mentions in the interview about how it wasn't until she read the book that they all wrote together that she didn't know that that's how Cody felt about her. I mean, can you mm-hmm. imagine? I, 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 it was just, I mean, I and know. she kind of laughs about it, but I, I mean, know. it's heartbreaking. It's really like, to, can you imagine like opening up that book and being like, wait, what? It's, it's just, I know it's, and again, I, I don't know, just, it, you know, this, this is this whole thing about like truth and how much of the truth do you really need to say? You know, I understand with reality TV, it's about putting yourself out there and opening things up. And but we've we've had reality TV long enough now to see that 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 the long term outcome is not good for people. It's not good for people to confront each other and be 
brutally honest and then comment on things and then watch those comments back. And I just, the whole thing, you know, I don't know. There's just a part of me that wonders like what, I understand you want to be honest in this book, Cody, but is that really, did you need to tell anybody that? Like, yeah, that, that just shows, that shows, I don't know what you would call it, but it shows a side of Cody who he doesn't, really care about other people's feelings like how could you possibly say that like he's just saying it for content and saying it I don't know why he said it but it was so cruel and yeah and she said that they had a lot of discussions about that comment you know after that but so I Mm -hmm. think his reaction to that that relationship breaking up was to marry Janelle Mm-hmm. And because Janelle had been hanging around for two, three years as well, you know, she and Cody were friends like Mary and Cody rented a house from her, you know, they were she was in their lives. And again, I think that Janelle also had a crush on Cody. And I, I and, and then I also think about the dynamic at this time, Janelle is married to Cody's brother. So how does that all play into it? Did she leave? No, Co- Mary's brother. Did she leave Mar- Mary's, Mary's brother. brother. Sorry. Did she Mary's leave yeah. Mary's? Did she leave Mary's brother to be with Cody? You know, was that the reason? Well, that's you know, she was at Mary's wedding. Yeah. Well, they've never. I mean, that the Janelle being married before they've never addressed because remember in the tell-all when Cody said. When Robin came in as a divorced woman, he vetted her and he vetted her, you know, hard and made sure that, you know, she wasn't leaving a good guy. And I was like, so did you do that for Janelle? Because Janelle also was divorced. You know, it's just so weird. It's It's like just, yeah, making up rules (laughs) as we go along. So does that mean that Mary's brother was a bad guy and Janelle was justified in leaving him because he was a bad guy? Mm-hmm. What is yeah? It's a crap yeah. of shit. So yeah, yeah, and Janelle just talks about how you know she was, he was the best guy she knew. Anyway, uh, Christine says her mom knew Cody, and um, she did not want Christine to marry Cody, but she didn't say anything, mm-hmm. and she didn't say anything until about it until after Christine actually left Cody, and she did not want Christine to live plural marriage because she felt that the it didn't honor women you know which was why she left obviously but gosh annie it would have been okay to say something i think (laughs) (laughs) but i think this one is so hard i think this is so hard because people always they'll they'll say to you oh i want you to be honest with me i want you to tell me if you don't like this person I, i want you to you know intervene in these ways and then but when it really comes down to it people don't want to hear these things you know if I think that it would have fallen on deaf ears and I don't, and I think that must've been, I can't, I was trying to think about what it was like for Annie in that moment of knowing like, Oh no, my child is going to go down the same road Mm -hmm. and I can kind of see, I mean, that's the hardest part about being a parent is you don't, you know, your kids need to fail and make their own choices and fall down. But it's really hard as a parent to be like, Oh gosh, I don't think this is going to work or, Oh, you know, it, that's, yeah, and this is, a big that's one. really hard. This is, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. So, but luckily, you know, Christine and Annie, you know, managed to keep their, I, I get, you know, the relationship is good now, but, and also Christine is still close to her, you know, other mom, 
her second, you know, the second wife. And she said Mm -hmm. that she came to her wedding and, you know, I guess we'll see her in the wedding special. But um, so then Heather and Christine were both sort of laughing about that scene where Cody says, uh, we, we think he's actually going to take responsibility for everything. Yes. And he says, <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't take responsibility. It's my fault because I married a woman I didn't love. <laughs> and then they're laughing about it. And Christine's just like, yeah, why can't he just admit that he used to love me? <laughs> you know, it's like, he yeah, can't, can't bring himself yeah. to admit that. Um, yeah. So... Because he can't be wrong. I mean, that's that's the problem is if he admits that he once loved her and then he fell in love with Robin, you know, and, and she does. Christine does say something about this, that, that, that essentially, you know, this whole time they've been living this uh, basically a lie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the shadows. And I don't know, I just the whole thing, it's it's just. Cody, what Cody doesn't understand is because Cody's so desperate for approval, even though he'll never admit it. He's so desperate for approval. But you know what, Cody, if you just own this stuff and said that you did love them, but you fell out of love or once you met Robin, it was a different kind of love or whatever it is. If you Mm -hmm. own this stuff, people will respect you a lot more. And that's the part about him that drives me crazy is just like you are your worst enemy. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. So then so. Uh, Christine conf- Christine confirms that before Robin came into the family, Cody was equal with his time. And mm-hmm. once Robin came into the family, um, that all changed. Um, she talked, then she sort of like sidelined into how she talked. And this was in the book. Christine was, um, the way that this show came about, Christine was involved in a group that was sort of a polygamy PR type of group, um, you know, trying to present polygamy positively to the outside world. And then the producer, Tim Gibbons, contacted Christine because she was the contact person for this group. Mm-hmm. And then Christine, of course, referred him to Cody. And, you know, I think that the producer originally wanted to do a documentary, but they felt that that was too dangerous. Um they talked about uh, Heather asked her, you know, if she watched much reality TV, she said, not really. They, they watched American Idol, but that they were just like Christine, especially growing up in that polygamy in the AUB, she said that they were taught that the outside world was scary and that, you know, her dad would go to jail if anyone found out that they were polygamist. So, mm-hmm. um, I I mean, I'm kind of shocked that they actually took the risk of doing this show, but it was Cody was in charge. So I'm sure he was just like, we have to do this. And, and we still didn't get a straight answer about the timing of Robin coming into the family and the show. That's still a little murky, that whole timeline of, uh, but I, I think, the sense I get, because this was also talked about in the book, right? The sense I get is, because these things don't happen that quickly. The sense I get is, I think he was probably, ha- Cody was having phone calls with these people, and they're all kind of in this headspace. And they also probably were like, we don't know if this is going to go. We don't know if it's going to get picked up by any network. We don't know mm-hmm. if, you know, what it's going to be like. So it sounds a little bit like it was all happening at the same time. Because she did say that mm. they did 
tell Robin ahead of time, like, hey, you know, FYI, we're we're about right. to, you know, we're we've been approached about a reality show, and so this might be part of this. So I really do think it all happened at the same time. And you know, the courting process is so goddamn fast in those families that, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that it was, it wasn't this big, long thing. And that's why Cody and Robin had to wait so long to get married because they had to wait for production. You know, they had to wait to get started. Yeah. So So. I guess maybe it was just a, a coincidence, but, um, so then she started talking about how, uh, you know, even when they were in Las Vegas, because Heather's saying, well, gosh, I just don't understand, you know, the Las Vegas, the cul-de-sac that seemed like such an ideal setup. And why did you guys leave? And, you know, why did you go to Flagstaff? And literally, Christine says, I still don't really know why we went. Mm-hmm. Um, and really uh, she said that yeah. in yeah in Las Vegas, she's, uh, she said that they were already broken. They were already living Mm -hmm. these very separate lives. And then Cody started saying stuff about how Las Vegas wasn't safe for the kids, because I think this was around the time of that horrible shooting in Las Vegas at the concert, outdoor concert where like 50 people were killed. And, you know, I don't know, it kind of seems like she didn't really question it too much. She was just sort of like, well... Because Cody had decided it was, and, and she's like, well, I, mm-hmm. I guess we're going. And then she tried to reframe it because Christina is such a positive person. She tried to reframe it and say, well, you know, Coyote Pass, this whole fantasy about, you know, building on Coyote Pass and living, it was going to be a, a restart for them to mm-hmm. be together and be one yeah. family again. Yeah. And, and and that her saying that I think gives you such a glimpse into what this marriage has been like for Christine since Robin came into the family. I can imagine for her, it must have felt like this constant roller coaster of this isn't working. This isn't good. Maybe I should go. Right. Like it sounds like she she was because it sounds like she had been thinking somewhere in the back of her mind about leaving for many, many years. Right. So Mm -hmm. it sounds like every, you know, every year was a little bit of like, maybe we'll make this work. And then these things would come about like Flagstaff and be like, okay, well, maybe this is the restart we need. Maybe this is it. And then Mm -hmm. like putting all your eggs in that basket and okay, this is going to be great. And we're going to get this reset and then getting there and then seeing that, oh, crap, it's the exact same thing. And it's even worse because we're even more disjointed because we live in all these different rentals all over the city. Right. I mean, I just, it just gave me like this glimpse of what life it must've been like for her. Just the constant hoping that something better would come yeah. up. Like it would get better. Well, she's anyway, such a, she's such a, yeah, she's such an optimist, you know? Um, and she said, yeah, she said for the first 15 years of their marriage, her needs were met. He was fair with his time. Robin came into the family. Everything changed. It was all about Robin. But she thought that that would decrease over time because in the beginning it was like, okay, yeah, well, you know, he, Robin has to act and her kids have to acclimate into the family. And then they had Saul and then, you know, she had a baby and she needed help. And she kept thinking, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. Never, never, mm-hmm. ever got better. Nope. And then one interesting thing nope, she said nope. was that, yeah, she she thought of herself as... First, she was a mom to 18 kids, first and foremost. 
And she felt that they were every, they were a family and Robin saw them as couples. Like Robin said, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, Cody and I are a couple and you were and Cody are a couple. And Christine said, no, we're a family. We're not couples. So that, that kind of kind of is some insight into the fact that from the beginning, Robin didn't really understand this plural marriage thing or how it worked because yeah. she had never lived it before. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and then, okay, so I love this. She says, Cody was at her house every fourth night. Then when he stopped going to Mary's house, (laughs) it was every third night. (laughs) So at some point, Uh Cody completely stopped going to Mary's house at all. I think that was in Las Vegas where she said that she needed some space or something. And he took that as, you know, okay, well, I'm never going to spend the night with you again. Um, but he was mm-hmm. only there at night. He literally would come yeah. after six o'clock and they would see his car parked at Robin's house all day in the cul-de-sac. So they knew where mm-hmm. he was. And even on a Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, he couldn't come around during the day. He wasn't working. Obviously, he still came over at six o'clock. And so that means that Janelle was having the same experience. And that's why her kids mm-hmm. are so angry. It's because they were in their teenage years, young adult years, when all this was happening, where they could see their dad's car parked across the street at Robin's house mm-hmm. all goddamn day. And they never see him unless it's like six o'clock. He comes over to eat and goes to bed. Yeah, they're bitter. That's why Gabe yeah. and Garrison and yeah. you know, all these guys, Hunter, whoever, they're bitter and they have every right to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and it sounds just... In some ways, I think, you know, I don't know, myself and a lot of the viewers always saw Vegas as being this, oh, this is the best situation. Mm -hmm. This is great. Everything's wonderful. But it sounds like, you know, in some ways it was just there right in your face. Like we can't ignore this anymore. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, just it, it, and the way in which she made it sound, it was, this, it was almost like this God awful obligation, almost like a grandkid having to come and like give grandma a peck on the cheek kind of thing. Like, okay, right. finally I have to leave Robin and I'm going to go to Christine's and like dragging himself there. So that energy must have been just every time like, oh, we're so happy to see you. And he must have just felt like, I don't want to be here. And that mm-hmm. is awful because. Yeah. You also had kids. You had six kids there too. Like what, huh? You know, you, that's the part it's the, it's the, and we'll, we'll see, you know, don't mess with a woman's children. Cause that's, <laughs> that's always yeah. everybody's, that's their breaking that's point. That's the end. So that's the end. Yeah. And she said when they moved to Flagstaff, she was waiting again, she was waiting for something to change, waiting for all these years thinking, okay, well, maybe he'll start doing stuff with us as a family. Maybe we'll start traveling as a family. But like six months go by, you know, a year goes by. It's not happening. So she said she just started doing things without him. She started taking trips with her kids. Mm-hmm. They'd go kayaking and hiking just without him. And she she realized he is never going to be with us. He is just always going to be with mm-hmm. Robin. Now, it seems as though she was willing to accept that for the sake of her children. Um, she's like, okay, well, I can deal with that. I, I guess our romantic relationship was over. But yeah, once he started fucking with the kids, then she was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. 
And yeah, and then when the whole thing about the one house came up, she was like, oh, absolutely not. I would be trapped. Cody would never come to her part of the house, maybe to come over to sleep, maybe. And they would probably Mm -hmm. see less of him because remember how he wanted to have his own section of the house? And she thought, yeah, well, we're we're probably going to have to go there to visit him. Like he's not going to come to my Mm -hmm. part of the house to be with me. And he would just be with Robin in her part of the house. Yeah. And that's even, I mean, it was so interesting. She was like, I would just be like a stopover, you know, and Mm -hmm. how, right. And I would think that if they were all in one house, I don't even think he would come at six. He would come, he maybe would eat with Robin and then be like, well, okay, under obligation, I got to wander over here and sleep next to her. And and, you know, it's it's it just sounds more and more miserable, you know, the more mm-hmm. you think about it. Right. Like just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and her kids, you know, half her kids were already, you know, I think half or more were grown out of the house and they all told her, don't do it. You know, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned that even in Lehigh, when they lived in one house, it was not this idyllic <laughs> situation first of all christine was in the basement as we all know and she said the house was crowded and it was very busy and cody was all over the place you know going from one place to the next and she said she didn't even feel like a wife you know they didn't you know because he wasn't yeah dedicating time with her and her kids he was just like oh i gotta go up and talk to janelle or oh i gotta do this i'll be back you know Um, and so Mm -hmm. she also talked about how, yeah, so that she vaguely knew in Flagstaff for sure that she wanted to leave, but she wanted to get her share of whatever, you know, she wanted to get her share of some sort of property. Um, she -hmm. said when they were, you know, talking about, okay, who's going to live on this lot and Coyote Pass? They decided, and then I guess Cody told Christine, no, you can't have that lot. You have to take this other lot. And she just realized that like, oh my God, like I, I can't be financially tied to these people because I'm never going to mm-hmm. get what's mine. Kind of like this, this, the exact situation Janelle finds herself in right now, Christine actually knew ahead of time, which is ironic again, because we always think Janelle is some sort of financial wizard and she's not. And, you know, she was just like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just good on her. I mean, Christine's a lot smarter than people give her credit for. (laughs) Well, I think that Christine, you know, people get annoyed with her and, you know, the the princess and Polly, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But she is obviously very in touch with her feelings. Like she really understands, mm-hmm. you know, she she doesn't just brush things off. And I one thing with Janelle is I'm not I don't know Janelle. So like I don't know what's going on in her head, but I do think that Janelle is someone who does not linger too much on like how do I feel about this? You know, what's going on with me? And and I think that um I think Christine's always been very much in touch with how she feels and how this has been making her Mm -hmm. feel and really vocal, which unfortunately I think this is why she's gotten so much crap from Cody with the Robin thing. Cause Christine was really saying things that 
I think Mary and Janelle felt too and didn't like, you know, as well. But she was the one vocalizing it, you know, making it happen. And, um, you know, anyway, she's, I, I know a lot of people get annoyed with her. I really like Christine. And I think the thing is, is that she, she is, yeah, she is a very different person than Janelle. And so we're seeing in these very different ways, two different people handling the same situation. So, yeah. And anywho. so she said that it, yeah, she said basically Isabel's surgery was the last straw because Cody said, mm-hmm. I can't leave my family for that long. And she said that Isabel told her, I thought we were a family. You know, what am I? Yeah. And that was yeah. it. She snapped. She's like, I can't be married to a guy yeah. who doesn't think that we're a family. And they were gone a total of three and a half weeks. And he didn't have to come for the entire time. He could have just come for, you know, like right before the surgery and stayed for a little bit. I mean, he could have come for a week, like at the critical time Mm -hmm. when she was, you know, having the surgery and right after the surgery. Yeah. But I think that it's very telling that it's like, well, no, I have to stay with my family. It's almost like somewhere, like the minute Cody realized, oh my God, I am so in love with Robin. I'm, you know, deeply in love with her. It was like he became this so tunnel vision. And yeah, this is what all these other kids are feeling and thinking, which is the minute this woman showed up with her kids, you just dumped all of us like we're nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that is such a, that is the most telling comment for him to say and to say it to their faces with seriously and and without even realizing what he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he doesn't it's even unreal. know what he's saying. He doesn't even know what he's saying. He doesn't, it doesn't even register with him. Mm-hmm. When, uh, yeah. And so, and so Christine says he's not only a bad husband, he's a bad dad. And you can't protect your child from the <laughs> truth. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a deep cut, Christine. Yes. That is a deep, deep yes. cut. So then this was, this was, I think, yes. my favorite part, question. Heather says, what does Cody do when he's not filming the show? And Christine says, I don't know. I have no idea. He's not at my house. He runs amok. He's very disorganized. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. She doesn't even know what he does all day. Nobody knows. I think. Well, we do know he's over at Robin's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Cody and Robin, both of them, I think they're both disorganized. I think they're both a little chaotic with this stuff. I think Cody has ADD that has not been diagnosed, but, Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that he has, I think that they are two people who probably feel like they are so busy all the time, but they do nothing. You know, those people, Mm -hmm. like we all, we all know at least one where, you know, they're just like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, the rest of us are getting 90 things done a day and not having a problem with it. But yeah, I think I, I, I always say I think he moves logs from one end of Coyote Pass <laughs> to the next. I mean, I don't think, you know, and I think he probably thinks there's a reason for it. Yeah, I think he just drives around. I think he just like he probably has a place he goes every day for breakfast or lunch and, you know, just ta- shoots the shit with people like goes here, goes there. He's just, he's the kind of person who doesn't sit still. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was, that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. But um, so then she says that 
Then she gets into the intimacy. She said that um, they didn't have an intimate marriage anymore. They were not having sex anymore. And that, you know, two, kind of strange timeline. I didn't really understand it. But she said two years before she left, they were only having sex like five times a year. And so then I was thinking, well, mm-hmm. does that mean you haven't had sex in two years? And I think Heather asked her that. Like, <laughs> is that what that means? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, no, uh, but it had been months and it was so few and infrequent. And she says, even when we did have sex, there was no intimacy for years. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. four years probably I- means like 20 years. Yes. Well, and and maybe even before Robin Robin came in. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think that he really like it was almost a chore for him and that he would just mm-hmm. do it and be like, "Okay, I got to do it a certain number of times with her." But I'm sure he was not loving or caring or anything. He wouldn't no. make out with her. He wouldn't even make out no. with her on their anniversary. I mean, he won't even kiss yeah, her. There was it's no like, post-sex yeah. snuggling or anything. It was just like, <laughs> no, okay, no, 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 no. Oh, God, just, no. okay, lie down, you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was just so awful. But see, Christine doesn't know yeah. any better. The poor woman, she's never had sex with anyone or else or kissed anyone else. I mean, my God. Do you think she started mm-hmm. watching porn or <laughs> like how did she know that <laughs> how did she know that this is not how it's I really don't... supposed to be? <laughs> well, I know porn isn't what it how it's supposed to be well, or no, how it is. But, but like, I mean, but that it should yeah. be better than, you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> than Cody rolling on top of you. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was very surprised. Like I said, they have always been very mum about sex, which I understand. I, I get why they mm-hmm. don't. But this I thought was very interesting because that's what I always wondered. I always wondered, did they have sex at all? And she basically said, yeah, they did. But it was very, you know, just performative, like something mm-hmm. he had to do to check, like check that off my right. list of things to do. And can you imagine that with his ADD, how chaotic he is all the time? Like, oh, God, Ugh, like to get God. him to like mellow out. Oh. For a moment, gross. so it's gross to even uh, think about. Ugh. Yeah. So Disgusting. anyway, yeah, but I thought that was, and you know what? It got picked up by page six. Page six picked it up. Mm. Um, which again, page six is essentially what I've realized is page six. Basically, those people just go through people's Instagrams and they go through podcasts and they just they don't do any yeah. journalism they just report what happens on those things so but they mm-hmm. th- it got picked up and so it, that was I, was I was like oh heather's getting the scoop the juicy scoop yes that's why it's juicy scoop but yeah so christine yeah. says uh, you know uh, at some point she just was like fuck this she kicked him out of her bed and boxed up his stuff and that was the beginning of the end we remember that um yes and she said that was a great day and that was a great day (laughs) yes it was it was a historical day in uh Mm -hmm. sister wife's history yes um and then i think heather asked like well why wouldn't robin be thrilled you know that that this was um happening and christine says and i think this is really this is this is the crux of it she said well she hadn't she you know she had what did I write here? She hadn't shared Cody in a long time. 
I don't know what that means. But I think the more important thing is, is that uh, Christine says it was her image and that she could not be perceived as selfish in any way. And I was thinking, I started thinking about that. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, that's really the key to all this stuff when we're always asking about, God, why is Robin, why is Robin like this? Why is she saying this? Why is she doing this? I think this is a person who has this intense, intense need. And maybe you can, you know, sort of like diagnose this a little bit, but she has this intense need mm-hmm. to be seen as almost perfect, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she does not like people talking bad about her. She wants to be seen as being, you know, super magnanimous and, uh, selfless and, you know, perfect and wonderful and great. And, and now that's why she's like always crying and stuff because now everyone's just like, we don't believe any of your shit. We don't believe anything you've said. We don't think you're a good person, you know, and and I think it's just she's crumbling. Yeah, well, I and I and I'm glad that Heather stayed on this because this was a lot of what a lot of us have been so confused by, which is, okay, Robin, you know, yes, all these marriages have ended, but why can't you just be okay now with the fact that Mm -hmm. this is what your life is going to look like or accept this or, you know, and, and the big one I think was, and Heather alluded to this too, which is, you know, the, the Mary situation, like you're not inviting Mary over for coffee. You're not invited, you know, you and Mary aren't hanging out every Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. You're, you're not doing anything with her, but why are you wanting her to hang on so long? And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a big connection between people who, people please and perfectionists, right? Perfectionists, they, they want everything. It's, it's, it's based in anxiety, right? Because life is Mm -hmm. messy and anxiety provoking. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, which is like, there's shades of gray and not everything's, you know, it's kind of in between things and some things aren't perfect. And I think, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of who Robin is as a person, but I also think it's this upbringing. And I think that Robin very much decided somewhere along the way of, okay, my purpose in life is to be a really good plural wife and mother. And, and, and these are the things that I need to do to be that. And perfectionists have a hard time when there's all this messiness and that's how they deal with their anxiety, right? They feel all this anxiety. So they're like, if I make everything perfect, if I make myself perfect and everyone around me perfect, if I, if everything is perfect, then I can feel safe and I can feel some level of control. So what I think is really interesting about this is you notice many times when things aren't going the way she wants them to go, suddenly things are unsafe. Like, for example, mm-hmm. the the text chain is a great example of that. Like, mm-hmm. well, this isn't safe for me anymore. It's like, yeah, because it's getting messy. It's getting complicated. Mm-hmm. It's getting it's getting a little bit of that. And so and people pleasers tend to think that they are doing the best thing that they can do for people. And it's like, no, people pleasers are not helping anybody. People pleasers are you know, when you people please, you are basically, uh, you know, basically telling people you can walk all over me, number one, and I'm going to be okay with it. But it's, it's people pleasers tend to eventually, because people hit their breaking point, they, they become, you know, resentful, and angry, and frustrated, 
And so you can see with Robin this like cycle of like, but I'm being perfect, but see, I'm being perfect. And then she's, she's realizing more and more and more like, oh, I can't control all of this. You know, I can't control this. So anyway, that's, that's that whole perfectionism is it's such a, it's, it's something that a lot of people go to as a way of managing their anxiety because it is the socially acceptable way to be. So for example, for someone like Robin to be perfect and to be this, this selfless plural wife will always get her brownie points in that world, but it doesn't translate to the rest of us. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's why we can't, we don't get it. Yeah. And I also think that there's something in her history. She seems obsessed with being like this perfect plural wife because Mm-hmm. Going back to her mother, I, I, I'm not totally sure on the details of this, but, you know, she she always claims that she came from a plural family, but not exactly. It was kind of more like her father had like a second family, you know, so her, her father, mm-hmm. I believe I could be totally wrong on this. Somebody explain this to me, but I believe but, that. But I think and her, I think she's part of the second family, right? She's part of the second family. Her father had a first family mm-hmm. and then he was had had like a second family and that was her mom and her and her siblings and she try she and like I don't think the two knew about each other um until later cuz I remember on a show she talked about how one time she was at a park and her father showed up there and with his other family and he couldn't even acknowledge mm-hmm. her. And she tried to make it sound like this was some sort of a polygamy thing. And it was like, no, it's because he has a second family and he's 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 ignoring you mm-hmm. and pretending you don't exist. <laughs> um, and, and so I think she has this shame about that situation because then her mom just went and married, you know, her stepfather who, you know, they ended up, you know, being married, I think, you know, until he passed away. So I think she has this shame about that and she tries to call it a plural family to explain it. Then she married a man who was from, uh, you know, a very prominent, uh, you know, polygamous family. But yet he didn't want to take any more wives. So he really wasn't. Pre- so it's like she's obsessed with it. And then when she found Cody, she was like, OK, here's my chance. Here's my chance to be a plural mm-hmm. wife. And then she was always lecturing everybody about what plural families yeah. do, what plural wives do. And it's kind of this fantasy she's concocted in her head. And she's so like wedded to it. And so, yeah, uh, this kind of shit that's happening now and all this, this is really destroying her world. You know, this world mm-hmm. she's constructed in yeah. her, her mind. And, Anyway, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Christine basically well, says, I'm, gl- I'm glad I don't have to live in her head. Because, <laughs> because yeah, and I think that's what she... I, <laughs> yeah. And I think this is what she's referring uh-huh. to, is that Robin has a lot of issues and a lot of hang-ups about this. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, don't forget, like, you know, if, if everything what, that we hear is true, that Robin has a shopping addiction... You know, that's something else like that's again, that's her. Right. That's that's part of the perfectionism. It's part of like what, you know, being a Mm -hmm. wife. And and I think that she feels things. And I think when she feels things that she doesn't want to feel, I think she shops. Yeah. You know, drinking or it's not whatever. Yes. Yes. If, if she wasn't part of this plural marriage in a different religion, you know, like, or different, different situation, she 
would maybe be a drinker. And I mean, y- mm-hmm. you know, or using something or whatever it is. I Yeah. I mean, addic- an addiction is an addiction. Yeah, it's all the same. And yeah, there the same. are it's all the same and the roots of it are the same. There's just more, there are some addictions that are socially acceptable and there's other addictions that aren't. And, and, and some that will destroy your life and some that, you know, just create havoc, but don't destroy it. And, but it does, but she is obviously a shopping addict and a little bit of a hoarder, apparently. I mean, Mm -hmm. those, and hoarding is anxiety. That is anxiety. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, Yeah. So then they talk about how, um, you know, when when Robin was saying on the last very last episode of the tell all that she wants all the wives to verbally give her permission, you know, to just be with Cody and uh, Christine just laughs and she's like, it's not going to happen. She's like, what am I going to do? Say to her, oh, your majesty, you can have him now, you know, mm-hmm. and she's just laughing, you know, it's just, Christine is just so over this. And, um, then Heather brought up the thing about the, the sacred covenant about, let me know when, <sighs> when you stop loving me. And Christine was like, yeah, I think that's really weird. And they both talked about how like, yeah, entering a marriage or a covenant, whatever, feeling that that insecure is not normal like heather Mm -hmm. said yeah you know when i got married i didn't think that (laughs) you know let me know when you stop loving me it's like yeah you're going into it thinking like yeah i'm going into this marriage i want to be married forever and you know sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't but i mean if you go into a marriage like that and and uh then when Christine said when they were in Las Vegas, one day Cody just told her, I want you to know that if you ever want to leave, it's fine and it will be peaceful. And so then she said she knew that he already had one foot out the door and that he was not into it and that, you know, he was never going to leave her because he didn't want to be the bad guy. As we saw that play out. You know, with Mary, yeah. he refused, mm-hmm. even though he did not want to be married to her, clearly he would not be the bad guy, quote unquote, and do, someone else has to end the relationship with Cody. He's he's not going to do it. And yeah, uh, well, and the other thing, talked, did, I don't know. It's, sorry. I, I, you know, one of the things that she talked about was the fact that Cody and Robin had a lot of agreements Mm-hmm. A lot of agreements between the two of them. Like, if I, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. And again, I think that a lot of this stuff is rooted in she's trying to control. She wants to control. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I can ensure these things from you if you can give me, you know, if I give you these things. And, um, and I think that that's one thing, right? With plural marriage, the whole idea of it, this goes back to the couples versus family aspect of it. From my understanding, right, the idea of plural marriage and how you're supposed to think about it is we are a family and we are one and that we are all in this together collectively. And I think that that's, you know, someone with Robin's personality is never going to be able to do that, could never Mm -hmm. do it because that's just too, that's too loosey goosey. Right. You know, for her. Yeah, no, she has to have her... so. She has to have her defined boundaries and her, you know, her, her agreements, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, exactly. then, um, she says, let's see, uh, she, so Christine basically said that, uh, you know, 
yeah, kind of like what you said in, in the end, Robin didn't really ha- Robin didn't really know how unhappy the other wives were. Um, and she just really didn't have what it takes to hold it all together. And she said that Christine mm-hmm. said that she went through that same kind of thing, like, you know, five years ago before she left, she was grasping at straws, trying to hold it all together. And she realized that I can't like this. It's over. I can't do this. It's never going to happen. And, you know, she had to go through the whole grieving process of, um, you know, that. And it kind of made me wonder, well, is that where Robin might be going? Like, do you think that Robin Mm. realizes that, you know, her dream is never going to happen? Do you think she's going to, do you think that they will last? Um, you know, I mean, that's the thing. They don't really, even though they've been together since COVID, you know, together one-on-one and pretty much monogamous for a while now, I, you know, they don't really know what it's like to be just the two of them. Like once you, once you, all these other women and, and that's one of the things that Christine said that Robin likes the drama, right? That she has this personality mm-hmm. that she likes the drama and that she likes the moving pieces and lots of people and, you know, going to Mary and talking to Mary about things and going over here. And so, yeah, if you don't have these other people to blame your problems on, who are you then, you know, where, where do those problems go? And, you know, what, what happens then? So I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised one way or the other. I think that if, if, um, you know, Robin, God, if you're out there listening, go to therapy. <laughs> you really could, you know, you really need some intense therapy because and not it would with be Nancy. really good for her. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> you know, but, but find the right person for you. But it's just, she, I don't know. I, I really, it's, it's like, I wish I had the answer. I have no idea one way or the other, but it is obvious that, it's obvious that they have a connection and that she, they really like each other and they're, you know, there's, there's a there there that they feel that and that love mm-hmm. for it. And to me, I feel like for Robin, especially where she is in her life, I don't see her leaving it. I really don't, hmm. you know, ever because... I just don't see her leaving it. It would have, it would have to be, I think Cody would have to, it would have to be pretty egregious for her to leave. Yeah. I have no idea. I have, I have no idea. Um, because she's Mm -hmm. so adamant about how she wanted to live plural marriage and, you know, that was the life she wanted. And if she doesn't have it, then, and I, and I really do believe that. Like a lot of people talk about how she's this master manipulator who was just trying to, get rid of all the wives, but I don't think so. I think because of the way Cody treat Cody met her needs. And never mind the fact mm-hmm. that he wasn't meeting the other wives' needs. That was not her problem, or apparently mm-hmm. she wasn't concerned about that. He was meeting her needs. He was giving her a lot of time and attention. And, you know, she liked this whole idea of being in a plural family and she liked getting involved in other people's drama and, you know, how she likes to get involved in other people's conversations and relationships. She really thrived on all of that. And she clearly had no idea Mm -hmm. what the other women were going through. And now it's just all imploded. And, um, 
don't know, I forget where I was going. But, and with that's this, the but... thing. Everyone's so mad. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's so mad at Robin. And I've said this many times. Like, I don't particularly like Robin, but I don't think she is this master man- manipulator. I don't think she's, you know, I just don't think she's diabolical on those levels. I, I think that most likely what would, I, it, this is all on Cody. I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. If he's at her house all day, what uh, what can she say? I mean, she whether or not she said to him, listen, Cody, it's two o'clock on a Saturday. It's Christine's day. Why don't you go? Or if I don't know, we don't know. I mean, that's the question. If whether or not she told him, you know, listen, you should go or you should stay. It was on Cody to set that boundary. It was on Cody to do it. And so that's why I'm like, it's not, you know, Robin, he fell in love with her and he really, really liked her. And you're right. And he met her needs and he Mm -hmm. met them over and over again. So it was working for her. I think she may have probably thought like this probably isn't great for these other women over here, but I don't, I think she felt powerless to do anything yeah. about it because listen for the last umpteen years how how often she doesn't she claims she speaks cody but she doesn't have a lot of power over him in that sense no. because if if she was so powerful he would still be with mary mm-hmm. yeah yeah so no i i yeah. yeah i don't know and you know one thing that christine said towards the end here is that and i've heard her say this on other interviews and stuff she says that, you know, I don't know, Christine, again, she, I, I like her, but she can be so naive sometimes. She says, I wish Cody would have just said to them, you know, the other wives, I've met the love of my life and, you know, I just want to be with her. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's easy for you to say now that you're out of the marriage mm-hmm. and you're married to somebody else, but that would not have gone over well. <laughs> if Cody had said yeah. that, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago, oh, I've met the love of my life, you know, please understand. Um, no, you, you know, so it kind of bothers me when she says these, you know, kind of fantastical things. And that's just a little bit of her magical mm-hmm. thinking, but, well, um, and, and, and also if he had 10 years ago said, I met the love of my life, it's Robin, our entire livelihoods are gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Right. Right. Because right. that's been, I mean, everything was tight. They had to stay in this plural arrangement. Yeah. And I think that maybe this is, maybe this is all the anger that Cody feels like just so angry that he hasn't been able to like, you know, on one hand, he's getting, you know, fame and money and all these things that he's wants. And, but the, it's the, the price that you have to pay is you have to be in these marriages you don't want to be in and fake it yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's the sense that I get. Maybe, maybe the anger just built up and built up and built up and built up. But again, you know, if there were no children involved in all of this, I could really sit here and empathize with Cody and say, yeah, you know, it was hard. You got wrapped up in it. You didn't feel like you could leave everyone's livelihoods, but it's the fact that you just dumped everybody else or picked and and chose which children you were going to pay attention to. You know, that it's that stuff yeah. that just is I so disgusting. It's like these are all your children. Like Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, it's true. That the yeah. and yeah, and Christine, if he had if he had said that, you wouldn't be having your wedding special because, <laughs> because the show would have been yes, over. It's true. A long, <laughs> a long, long time ago. And so at the end, again, this is sort yeah. of another example of her naivete. 
Heather basically breaks it down for her. Um, and Heather, you know, I think she did a really good job with this interview because she really kind of let Christine talk. You know, she was because Heather can be very engaging with in her interviews. And she was very kind of like sat back and was kind of quiet and knew like when to ask a question or when to push and she and when to not. And she really just let Christine do the talking. And that's why I thought it was a really good interview because Christine obviously felt very comfortable with her and supported by her because she wasn't mm-hmm. pushing her. And um, but towards the end, Heather explains to her she breaks this down she's like well you know a lot of men don't have the balls to uh break up and so you know you know they basically don't leave unless they have someone else to go to and um yeah and christine's like yeah i i didn't i never knew that (laughs) she's like cody and now i know (laughs) cody was cody was never going to leave me and she's like i didn't know that was Mm -hmm. a thing and Heather's like, yeah, men do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. She's like, women, when they're done, they're done. They don't, they, they get out. They yeah. don't have to have some place to go. Men have to have a place to go. And yeah, they're yeah. not just going to well, you know, break up with you. Well, and that's what goes back to if anyone's ever seen there's there's study has been done on this and research been, has been done on this where, you know, women especially older in life, like women who are on their own later in life, they are happier. They tend mm-hmm. to be happier than women who are in marriages later in life. And that men who are not in marriages are very unhappy. So it, it's mm-hmm. like, and it's true because, you know, it, it does work in the man's favor in many ways, right? I mean, lots, so much does. Um, but that's the thing. Women don't really need men as much as men need women. Um, yeah, they and, do. Men deteriorate. You know, for they companionship. Deteriorate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like men, when their wives for die. For companionship they, and relationships. They die very quickly yeah. after. Yeah, they really deteriorate. And um, yeah. Well, and also really quick. So I, I see this a lot with my clients, which is, you know, I have the, the, I'm always so fascinated by the fact that I have so a lot of male clients and, um, you know, women tend to go to therapy more than men. But what's interesting is my female clients, they've like, when they talk to me, they've talked to their friends about stuff. They've talked to this person, they're talking to that person. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm someone else they're talking to. They might, they they may take my opinion a little bit higher. They might get into things with me that they might not get in with their friends, but women have had all these places to talk to. And I actually had this with my husband the other day because I was like, why are you telling me this? Like, I don't, you should not be telling me this. Like, this is information that needs to go to a friend. He's like, and my husband's like, I don't have anyone to talk to. I said, you cannot talk to any of your male friends at all. He's like, no. I said, he, he, and that's the thing that men don't have a lot of places to talk about how they're feeling versus women. So I think a lot of women later in life are kind of like, well, I have this rich life. I don't have to cater to anybody. And I have all these friends and, and all of these, my emotional needs met. I think that men, when they lose their wives, like all of that connection and all of that stuff is gone and they can't turn to their male friends. Mm-hmm. you know, and say, I'm feeling lonely and down. Like I asked my husband, I said, you go to band practice. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, nothing. We talk about nothing during, <laughs> you know, band practice. Like we, you know, we can't, I can't say anything to these guys. 
So I do. I think that's really, really, it's such a fascinating thing, I think. So anyway. Yeah. Well, that's interesting with, you know, maybe because, you know, now Cody's, I don't think this is the place to go, but he's going to the manosphere. You know, he's talking with these other men in the manosphere and talking with Nathan and, you know, uh, what's his face? Um, Who's the guy, his friend? Oh, sweetheart, Judith. Um, Brian. Brian. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's able to have these vulnerable conversations with them. Although I don't know if it's the best source of advice, but um, yeah, and they're not vulnerable conversations. Be- just FYI, they they are not vulnerable. No, 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 no. But yeah, they're t- it's 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 bagging <laughs> on women conversations, basically. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not it's not the it's best. Like who, but yeah, who can I blame for all my problems? Women. Great. Let's all yeah. get together and and talk about <laughs> it. But yeah, it's true though. They don't. Men just don't have that, or they go to their female friends and but. Again, depending on, you know, who you are and how many female friends you have and all of those things. So anyway, yeah, Christine is God lover because she said something else. Yeah, she said something else, which was she talked about how her mom left um, the church and, you know, she did not feel like it was a good place for women. And she gets into this whole thing about how her mother was unhappy and all this stuff. And then in the same breath, Christine's like, but gosh, I had the best childhood. It was just wonderful. It was just great. You know, and I was like, okay, it's back to what we talked about when she went to visit her brother of like, where were you like mentally, Mm -hmm. you know, because and and that's the thing about Christine is, is that is she just someone who's always able to just figure out how to make the best of it? Or does she have blinders on? Maybe it's well, I don't know. Yeah. Let's not forget. Christine was brainwashed in this cult um, for like, what, 40 how long has she been out of it? Like really a couple of years. I mean, for almost 50 years. So it takes some time, you know, she's, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to Christine five years from now, she probably hopefully will have had the time to reflect on this and say, yeah, you know, my childhood maybe wasn't that great. You know, she's Mm -hmm. just now processing all of this and it's, so, yeah, I mean, it's a deeply ingrained, um, there's a lot there. Christina's not yeah. finished in her healing process, I don't think. And also, no, she is still trauma, on her healing journey. Yeah, and the trauma of, I think, being in that family. And again, because they always talk about, oh, it was so great raising the kids and this and that. Well, I don't know. From a lot of the stories I've heard, it doesn't sound that great. You have a husband who you don't even know what he does all day. You barely see him. Mm-hmm. He's barely participating in your lives. You guys lived in poverty for, you know, most of your lives. It was very difficult. You were a basement wife. You were it had to take care of all these kids all day plus work. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know, but I think it's just going to take some mm-hmm. time for her to wake up come to terms with all of it yeah yeah but we yeah. love you christine absolutely yes yes um and it, that's pretty much it right that's the whole yeah yeah interview. that's all i Did have we miss anything that, i mean that was i don't think okay. so but yeah they um you know i like i said i think heather did a great job and at the end you know she left this part in where uh you know they finished recording and they talk about christine says, well, thank you for being respectful. And this was really great. And, 
then Heather says, you know, we're coming to Utah to visit, to visit, to uh, (laughs) go to the University of Utah or my son's been accepted. Would you like to get together for dinner? So, you know, maybe there'll be uh, more and more information to come for the double date with Heather and Peter and yes, Christine and David. Wouldn't that be yes, great if Heather yes. became well, friends with be her? <laughs> oh, yes, it would be great because then I'm part of her Patreon. Then she would give us all the scoop on Patreon because you get some good, good <laughs> scoop on that. Yeah, it's been interesting. Like, I don't know what's going on with Heather where either she's leaving a lot of things in that she that normally people would edit out. Like, Mm-hmm. sometimes she'll go, oh, wait, let me try that again. And then you're like, oh, okay. Oh, hi, it's Juicy Scoop or a welcome to Patreon. And I don't know if she's doing that on purpose or if it's just oversight, but it's very, it's been happening a lot. So when I heard mm-hmm. that, I was like, someone's not paying attention. But I, so I don't I know. Think- I don't know if she's leaving these things in on purpose or not, but it's very, uh, it's, it's kind of cool in some ways. You get to some back yeah. behind the scenes, but in other ways, you're kind of like, Okay, Heather, you know, you have a huge show here. You you can't like no one caught that you, you know, started over again. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with Christine, she left in on purpose just to kind of humanize mm. the interview and maybe as a little bit of a flex to show that, you know, that Christine felt that she was respectful to her, you know, that she respected mm-hmm. her um, you know, her boundaries and whatever Heather did say uh, on her Patreon. I was just listening to it uh, earlier um, that there was a TLC representative on mm-hmm. the call, yes. you know, on the call. And yeah. um, so I think she just kind of wanted to say, yeah, you know, I'm not because Heather lately has gotten, you know, she's had this public feud with Jeff Lewis and that whole thing. And I think she just feels sensitive. Like, you know, people think she's a bad person. And so I think she just wanted to mm-hmm. see like, Hey, I'm not that bad, you know, but I mean, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we know Heather. I mean, obviously yeah. we're not gonna be listening to you if we, if we think that, but yeah, I have noticed that there've been some weird things like in the middle of an episode or beginning where she, where it's not mm-hmm. edited out. And I don't know what's happening that it, it seems to me like she has her son editing the show. <laughs> yeah and that's what i think's happening yeah (laughs) who maybe is like and it's a little odd (laughs) yeah because it's not paying attention or whatever it is yeah yeah it seems like he's there because i was listening to an episode the other day where she's talking and he's obviously there in the room with her and she's like oh drake will you look this up google this and it's like what is he producing the show now Mm -hmm. like uh and I, I yeah. so I don't know. I think they're trying to make it like a family business. And um, I don't know. <laughs> Drake's kind of yeah. slacking a little. I don't know. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I, well, I love I like, I, Yeah. I, listen I love Juicy Scoop. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoy the show and, and, um, all the comedians that she has on and, and all of that. Yeah. And, um, so anywho, I mean, this episode, which was going to be like a just short little, I know little I'm like, oh, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Let's talk about the there show. Was, yeah. I thought um, it would be a little 30 minute thing, but no, <laughs> it's too much to say. Of course not. 
All right. Well, so um, on Thursday's show, we have a very special episode. We did a crossover episode with the podcast from the Friar. And they also cover Sister Wives and they also cover uh, Married at First Sight. And so we're super excited. We talk all about Sister Wives and, you know, just our thoughts and feelings about it and and all that good stuff. So that'll come out on Thursday. And as we mentioned in the beginning, we are going to watch all of these extras that TLC is putting out for Sister Wives. And, you know, it sounds like they're pretty juicy. So if they are good, Mm -hmm. we are definitely going to cover them. Um, so it might just be a lot of sister wives between now and next, you know, <laughs> in the, couple end, weeks in the or end of the year. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. Um, and yeah. And if you have not, uh, if you don't subscribe already, please subscribe to this podcast. Um, we really appreciate reviews. It does help us tremendously when people review the show. So please give us a five star review. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Psych Legal Pop. Um, and yeah, I mean, wishing you all a very happy holiday season and a, you know, happy new year and all that happy good stuff. New year. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 2024. Yes. Everyone's enjoying. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for 2023 to be over. Get, I really get am. ready. I don't know about you, but you know, I feel, I feel yeah. like we say the same thing every year. <laughs> every year we're like, Oh I do. God, what a year. Can't wait for 2023 to be over. <laughs> and we have such expectations for 2024. And you know, it's just the same yeah. shit all over again. <laughs> I know, but at least I'm like Christine. I'm, I, I like to see the, I like the sort of out with the old and with the, the new kind of thing. Like I like the, the beginnings of a new year. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready. This year went by really, really fast. I felt like it did. And then December feels like the longest month known to man. Um, <laughs> and, but I just am ready for, um, just something new you know, just a fresh, fresh something. So it's, All right, it'll well, be good. We'll yeah. manifest it. Let's manifest so, it. So yes, I'm manifesting it. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com